If you guys only heard the shit that she just said. <laughs> so, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. Ride a moped. I don't know, like touch a fly, was it moving? Like, no, nah, it feels pretty locked up. Sounds like a fuck, dude. That's a real shitty uh, recording from the internet. I don't know. That was our Instagram page. If you checked it out and you follow us on the internet, sorry if that blew your fucking ears out. But You're welcome. It's a Mary. It's Mary and it's Amanda and it's Lady Kings. They're in the fucking house, <laughs> but they're in the other room. So I only get one of them apparently. Um, I got Amanda, Lady King, in the Hi. house right now, and it's her birthday. Hey. Happy birthday! Thank you. Oh my god, I'm- you're like thirty five. Old as dirt. I'm 28. <laughs> and I'm just happy that I made it out of 27 alive. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of drunken nights. Like you were 21 all over again. I did not join the 27 club and I am so glad. No, man. Famous yeah. people seem to die young, you know? Well, I'm not, <laughs> not quite there yet. Damn it. Is that, is that like a good thing or a bad thing? Like, damn. I, it's, I, yeah. If you burned hot and bright and hard and went out at 27 on fire, king of the fucking world, but queen I, of everything. But I did not burn bright and hard. If I did, I but probably wouldn't be as mad about it. But if you burned bright and hard and died at 27, would you feel good? I think I'd be okay with it. I don't know. I think I'd be okay with it. Nah. If you, if, if you talk to nine-year-old Amanda, you'd be <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. 27, that's good. Yep. 27, she Long did life. It. Lots of hits. Her music's going to live forever. <laughs> now it's like her music just collects dust in an attic somewhere it on the does. internet. <laughs> it's okay. The Moped Money Podcast is going to help support you because... Uh... Well, my mom, my mom got me a psychic medium for my birthday, so I'm hoping I'll get some answers. So maybe I will be famous at the end of the day. All right, dude. We got this. <laughs> There's, so still, I made it out of the 27 Club. We're good. There's, all, there's always tomorrow, you know? It <laughs> only ta- it only takes one banger. There's always know? next decade. <laughs> R- write 100 songs this year. Make that your fucking goal. Rest of the year, write 100 songs. Yeah. That's hard work. That's dedication. That is, that's, it takes a lot. It does. Certainly does. It's not like writing Lady King's rap yeah. EP. Like my buddy that was like, that's like good music producer and shit now. Like while I was in college, he was like working on music and music and music so he was just like i'm just gonna write a song every day yeah and he just wrote a song every day whether it was shit or not you just kept that, going that's it, a good and pattern, doing it, though. it and then like you also learn what works for you and what doesn't mm-hmm. and i feel like i, I feel like that's kind of how we treat mopeds sometimes I just keep throwing shit at it and fixing it and building it and breaking it and fixing it and building it, it, on fire. And breaking it and then uh eventually like you figure out one that kind of works okay exactly yeah. It's all the same. So, you know, if you... Music positive note is for us. just mopeds. Making music is just making a moped. I call everything like a moped. Fixing things at work. It's so comparable. Yeah. It's like you just get hands-on with the problem. And, like, whether you know how to fix it or not, 
Just remember that uh, putting it together is the same way you took it apart. Yeah. 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 Like, I gotta deconstruct my fucking wife, because, like, she's <laughs> buying shit off Amazon. <laughs> she came out earlier, and she was like, I bought $300 worth of Crate and Barrel shit, and Jason doesn't know. And lo and behold, yeah, Jason found out. Oh, I found out. <laughs> it's okay. I had, like, $700 in my fucking outbox for VDM poop parts, and luckily, it just didn't process, and so I didn't, so I didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> i i tried i don't know what happened <laughs> it's like a sign so that aaron can get new plates but i bought moving parts too late at night and then like i just didn't hit the sin button or something yeah <laughs> yeah lucky <laughs> i was like i'm gonna work on this goddamn moped maxi cross build if it kills me and i was like i'm buying these parts right now brand new everything in the game jack <laughs> So, welcome to Moped Money Podcast, if you didn't know what you were listening to. It's a podcast, occasionally, about mopeds. You know, we, we ramble, we talk about this and that, and then we kind of like, oh, Sometimes wait. Sometimes a cat chat. Wait, get mopeds back in it. <laughs> yeah, there's no cat in the room right now. There are no cats today. <sighs> One in the house, though. Falling, One in the house. Falling down the all over the place. Real weird Wig- cat. Little wiggles. Yeah, little wiggles. Yeah, wiggles. So, today we're going to have Jordan on the podcast. So, we're just going to go ahead and call him... Now, we're just going to get into it early. You know, you never know how long these things go sometimes. Hey. <laughs> Is it going to work this time? Who knows? We'll see. I'm like, um, yeah, super interesting. <laughs> yeah, I just started talking and I was just like, wait, oh, this, oh, it's, it's gone again. Yeah, it disappeared. We were like, oh, man, it just keeps dropping. I don't know what happened. <sighs> but let's try it again, dude. Welcome to Open Money Podcast. Um, I'm here <laughs> with my friend Amanda from the Lady Kings. Hi. Uh, it's her birthday. Yeah. And she's right. gonna... Hi. I met you over the weekend. I was probably drunk and hugged you, and I was really excited. <laughs> yeah, you're having a, having a good time. And yes, I did see that you guys were live earlier, and you guys had, uh, or I don't know if it was live, but it was stories or something. But yeah. yeah, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Doing the thing. But yeah. Have cool. a good one. It was, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Got got to have some fun last night, and today's been pretty chill. So, I'm, yeah, I'm happy. I know. She's Thank like, no, there, weren't, there weren't beer Olympics this year. I'm depressed. Yeah, but we were supposed to have beer Olympics yesterday, but we kind of had to cancel everything. But it's fine. What events are in beer Olympics? What events are not in beer Olympics? <laughs> what, what, are the, what are the highlights? What are the main events? What what do all the people show up for? So so my my personal favorite event is slip and flip. <laughs> so we have like a hundred foot slip and slide, and at the end of the slip and slide, at the end of the hill, there's a table for flip cup, and your team has to get down, do flip cup, run back up, tag another player, and usually what we do is we have like the next running person like spin around in a circle three times and then go down the slip and slide and then do the flip cup and then run back up. That's okay. my, that's my favorite event. This sounds intense. It's um even for a sober person, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Like this <laughs> yeah, like... But it's it's always the end. It's it's the the thing that we finish with. So it's a very difficult. Oh, very drunk <laughs> version of it. Okay, it's fun though. And everyone's spinning around. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's gonna be a lots of dizziness. It. Lots of, that's where, that's where you wake, 
that's the event that causes the bruises. <laughs> you have to drink the beer bef- to empty the cup to then flip it. Exactly. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of course, we so- do like classic beer pong and all the normal drinking games. No up Jenkins? God. No what? <laughs> down Jenkins? Up Jenkins? Up the river, down the river? You mean? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? That's some other weird drinking game that they play at that uh, karaoke, like, motorcycle shop place. Oh. Well, you're going to have to go back. (laughs) So, I've seen this all over the internet lately. Like, where there's four cups and, like, one in each corner of the table and everyone's throwing, like, a quarter, like, a mile into the air or something. Hmm. I haven't seen that. That sounds crazy. Yeah. I think that's what's going on. I've never played it or seen it in person, but I think it's, you know, have a normal, like, beer pong-sized table. Mm-hmm. And then two cups in each corner for each team, and they're throwing some item. I think it's a quarter, and you have to land it in the in the cup. But I've seen like online, just people like throwing the quarter like a mile in the air, you and have it, to, like, like bounce the quarter or anything. No, I think it's a, a toss. Toss it. So yeah, it's not like it's not like uh, bouncing into a shot glass. Right. It's like trying to sink it into the other the up like the you know the other corners of the other team's cup. Sounds like we're going to have to play that game. <laughs> I think you can make almost anything in a drinking game, huh? Yeah, if, pretty much. If you, if you try hard enough. Mm-hmm. What would, yeah, oh, speaking of that, what would make a great moped drinking game? Uh, I got another one. I I wanted to do this at like a moped, like real, do a moped like relay race. Yes. But everyone has um, like a rag wrapped around the jaw of their helmet. Mm-hmm. Soaked in poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Real loose buttholes by the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. Lots Don't of dead brain about. cells. <laughs> you will leave. You will leave dumber. <laughs> we uh we talked about doing um a moped relay race once when like uh Conan was bringing some people to town, and I think like one, I think what we were trying to do was like all right like. We got to break the moped. Like you have bring running bikes and you like have to take off like three parts or something. And each person has to run down like one person fixes an item and then runs back and tags a partner. So someone else has to run down and fix the next thing and then run back. How would you make that a drinking game though? Like you have to chug a beer in between each person or something? I think like, you just stand there and casually drink because you, because who knows how long it's going to take someone on your team to put the carburetor so back on. <laughs> yeah. How about, yeah. How about you just, the other people have to drink. The whole time that the other person's fixing a part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. even better. <laughs> like they have to, they have to power our beers like one shot of beer per minute until <laughs> like it's their turn. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. Okay. Just have a timer on and it's yeah. like ding, take a sip, <laughs> ding, take a sip, ding. Like please, like don't, all- please don't take too long to put that damn pipe back on the bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it have to be really yeah, simple like- shit. It have to Where's be like. The ten- yeah, it's got to be really simple shit. Like nothing like broken, broken. Like okay, the carbs not on the bike, the pipes not on the bike, and like the heads not on the bike or something. Okay, but but you should but you should incorporate the spinning around in a circle on a baseball bat before you go do it. It's like you tag someone out, you spin around, and then you have to go put the fart back on. This could get interesting. We can make this a thing. This Let's could happen. do it. I like the idea of making a really technical like fix it relay race mm-hmm. where you you don't have like the proper tools. And so it's like a mixed bag of like moped. You don't have tools on the side of the road hacks. You just make it work. 
Like, like no, there's there's what? legit like second rate tools in the game. So we could do like, all right, you have to you have to remove the um, the flywheel or something, and all you have is a, like a, a rubber mallet. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, or like you have like standard size wrenches, and <laughs> so you have to get like a dime to like make that right size, like whatever that that difference is. I forgot the the, the specific wrench yeah. that you do that with, or uh, a trick that I figured out for myself, and some other people probably figured it out, but like uh, an E50 clutch puller. Mm-hmm. If you don't have one, you can use your handlebar clamps, like the top part of the clamps on your maxi or whatever. Yeah, I see and that. you like you like scissor mate them, you know, opposite to each other, and then put the bolts from the clamps into the clutch, and it'll tighten itself against the other clamp that's underneath. Ooh, that's so that's, a, that's a good hack. Uh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty pro move. I, I think you should definitely make like a video for that. I think that'd be really entertaining. Yeah, I'd like to see that. That'd be funny. That's a good E51. That could be a tight, just uh, straight up, just like a YouTube channel, just like all the all the tricks, like nothing, nothing real, nothing like the proper tool fixes. This the whole channel is just based on like the tricks. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, you don't have a piston stop. Shove like all your shoelaces in there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when all my boys, all they had was like the rope. They had the little rope, and they, that's what they used for piston stops because no one bought a piston stop. Yeah. No, those, that, that would be a fun little, like, form or list or something like that. Be like, how things you can do on the side of the road if you don't have the right tool. Yeah. Especially on, like, a, like you know, a baker's doesn't run type of thing. Okay. Usually you should have, you know, all the things you need. <laughs> you should be prepared. But if you need some twigs off the side of the road, that might work, too. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I brought way too much stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, things like that, that would be pretty fun. Yeah. You finished. Yeah, you finished. finished. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's get into that, dude. Um, why don't you introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are, and, and then we'll dive into the pinball or the Baker's doesn't run. Okay. Um, well, my name's Jordan. I'm a swoop. Um, I swoop. currently don't live in anymore. I live in South Carolina, but um, yeah, we just did the the Appalachian Appalachian run. That was really crazy. Was it hilly? Super hilly? Oh, God, yeah. I just yeah. climbing mountains all day. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know too much the, about the route, so. What's the dude that has to push the uh, the boulder up up the mountain forever? <laughs> Atlas? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was kind of like that. What, uh, well, what made you want to do it this year? Have you done it previous years? Uh, yeah, I did pinball, too. Um, and it seems like each time I'm like kind of like running away from something a little bit, but also giving myself something to run towards. Um, it's a nice little escape and a nice challenge, but your knowledge and, you know, the problems that you run into are things you can like fix with your hands and your brain, which is really nice because, uh, what I do now with stress is different. It's a lot of, uh, social emotional work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, challenges that I, I face in my, my day-to-day life with uh, the work that I do now as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of nice to like get away from that type of stress and be like, all right, all I got to focus on is the thing that I'm sitting on and the horizon and getting there at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. So it was a nice escape to get away from the other type of stress and be like, all right, I've done this before on Pinball 2. 
I kind of know what the beast is a little bit, and uh, let's do it. What were, I mean, some, was, uh, what were some lessons you learned from the first one that you kind of um, brought into this run? Oh, keep a cool head. It's all right, man. It's every Whatever you run into, it's okay. At the end of the day, your focus is just to get there. So, like, so my longest day on the Baker's run this year was, like, a 12-hour day, and it was in the rain. It turned into nighttime. Woof. And uh, it, it was rough, but, like, I, I got in before midnight, and I was like, hey, this is, like, everyone was pretty, like, psyched about it, which was really awesome. It really motivated me, but um, on the pinball two, my group came in at, like, 5.30, I think it was into Memphis in the morning, like five thirty in the morning. Oh shit. Starting at ten. So like I was like, man, it's not even midnight. It's all it's all good. <laughs> this is this isn't that bad of a day. So <laughs> and I had angel help me. So um yeah, just being patient, knowing what the beast is, realizing like, you know, if you lose your temper or lose your head that it's just gonna make it harder. harder. Yeah. Yeah, like none of that none of getting frustrated or anything brings the, the finish line any closer to you. Right. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah that, that's a big thing, big thing to keep in mind after you've done one. Um, and then you do, you know, more, I mean, I've only done two. Mm-hmm. There's been people, I think Chad Burke's done like four, four of the, yeah, I think that's what he said to me too. Yeah. He's yeah, a he hero. I got to meet him this weekend. So excited. <laughs> Yeah, dude, he was, he's great. He was a real good help. He got I broke an exhausted twice on the on the Baker's run and um he he was able to get them out both times, broke them off in the cylinder. And times it was a little morning job before the ride and we got it done in time both times. Nice. That's like yeah. one of the most stressful parts of mopeds. That's like on the list of like shitty things that you don't want to have happen, like breaking a stud in your in your case is like top five yeah as soon, as soon as you realize that like there's something missing in the exhaust mounting you're like all right please god just let it fall out yeah. please let it fall out and you look at it and you gotta get really under there and you're like oh <laughs> it's like that, that stri- yep. stripping something out like on the fucking case like, yeah that's that's yeah stripping anything out or breaking something off inside the threads is just like, a nightmare yeah i put those but, i put those probably pop top two besides yeah. like total failure <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 definitely yeah total failure that's that's just total failure yeah. you know no such thing that's, yeah that, that doesn't count <laughs> that's where i was like i brought so much stuff though i was ready for that on the side of the road of just like all right i'm gonna like i had a whole spare so i, I used the kickstart air-cooled c2 fantic motor what which was also crazy because it's like that's not a normal run-of-the-mill moped motor and setup like what made you go with that bike versus like something else that everyone else uses uh well that's pretty much like all i have now i have like my pinto Gilarini e50 and i have a tomos mc50 senior and that one's got the the rear wheels been ruined i've been trying to find a a new rear wheel forever now so if you got a wheel for that bike guys uh help help them out Oh, I'd love that. Would be awesome, but um, because that thing's really fun. But yeah, everything else I have are it's all sprinters and joys. So it, they're all Kickstart C two models that I have, um, except the the pink coral pink Fantic Joy MK. 
uh, that I picked up on my way back. Oh, and, you uh, bought the one from yeah. Dose? Uh, there was two. Oh, there were two? Fuck, that thing is so yeah. sexy. It's, dude, there's like not, there's a kilometer on the dash. It's minty as hell. There's like never been gas put in it. Fuck. It's amazing. I don't know what to do with it. It's going to sit in my, my dining room until I decide to ride it, I guess. <laughs> um, I actually had a podcast episode while I was out in Vegas with, uh, one of the Bob Ross guys, and he has a moped on his mantle in his living room. So, you know. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. You could always put it on the mantle, you know. <laughs> I wish I don't have one. I don't have a fireplace mantle. But um, maybe I should construct a fake one. But, um, yeah, so um, I chose that motor. I was already building a, um, a like, chopper joy um, with the idea of, like, doing long-distance camping rides. Mm-hmm. Because um, I was like, man, it's been so long since I did pinball two. I want to do some like you know similar style rides with like friends or even just by myself to like go kind of discover South um, Carolina a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I was already on the path of doing that, but I was doing that with a a V two, which I won in a raffle from Parker. So shout outs to him. Um, and I also got a, ironically now a a V. Uh, a V1 Joy subframe. So if you cut out the like little spacer, welded in spacers for the V1 because it's you know offset. Mm-hmm. Um, you cut those out, and then there's a hole. I don't know why there's these weird holes there, um, but you peel them out and it'll take the middle mount for the V2 motor. So if you peel those out, you can actually slap a V2 in there, and then you just got to get the side to side spacing. Damn. So. I was uh, already building that with the idea of like strapping like my tent and you know some gear to it and doing some rides to like national parks and camping. And then I got lucky like one of the like benefits or I don't know positives that have come out of COVID is that they delayed the the Baker's Run mm-hmm. this year. And so it was going to be in August last year. Um, which I wouldn't have been able to do. And then they changed it to, you know, June slash July this year. So I was like, well, I'm already building a bike. I can actually go because I'm off work. I'm going to do it. I have to do this. It's been like seven years. I have to, I have to do this and it'll be a great getaway to like relieve stress and like not think about anything. Hell yeah. That's sick. Um, you want to talk about the, the building process of the bikes? I saw you made the custom tank but you didn't start with it. Yeah. So I made a, it was quite a long process and then it was a mad dash at the end. So I'll shout out to the people when I get to that point. But, um, so I wanted to make with that same, you know, long distance build in mind, I figured out the cords, um, how to figure out a cord. So like a cord is like, if you have a curve, but you don't know what the radius is mm-hmm. and it's not a full circle. Um, I figured out how to find that. So the cord is like where the curve stops and to the other point of where the curve stops. And so if you get that distance and then the distance from there in the center to the edge of the, the curve, you can find out the radius and plug all that information in. And it'll give you, you know, you can look it up online and plug into the formula. And so that'll give you the proper curve. So instead of sitting there and trying to figure out a million different circle sizes that fits into the curve of the frame, 
you can um, you can figure out the exact one rather than doing all that trial and error, which sucks when you have to do that the first time until you learn. Yeah, shout out to math. Yeah, math. Man. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so I designed one. I uh, figured out the chords that I needed. Then went kind of freehand or freestyle with the other radiuses and just made them all one inch um, radiuses. Made a, a foam board for like you know like you know science fair like foam boards that kids mm-hmm. would have. Cut a bunch one of those up. Made like a three dimensional model um, prototype, and I was like, all right, cool. I got all the numbers for the sides, but then I need the number for the like numbers for the wrap and the spine because it tapers and it's all curved, so mm-hmm. it's not as easy to just figure out the the spine or the the wrap or whatever you want to call it um so did that used my old job used to work at a welding spot and um we once we got the numbers burned out the plates out of stainless steel because they had stainless steel drop that i could use um burned it out my buddy uh pat norris who i used to work with welding he's also in teaching now that's tight yeah, man, he's he's got a kid now. He's doing the dad thing, he's teaching, and um, and he got me into mopeds actually back in like two thousand nine. Oh, that's so, crazy! Yeah. Hell yeah! And then um, so he did as much as he could before I left. Like he tacked it. I like we, I helped him tack it up, and then he welded some out. And then I I took what was done, and then went to Atlanta for a couple of days before the race, and then. Uh, Wade Swoop helped me out finishing it up. We ran into some problems using like the wrong filler material. Um, and so we spent all day Friday doing that. And then all day Saturday undoing everything that we did wrong. Oh man. And then ran to Blake's house, threw everything in the car, Blake and Nick, um, drove me down, hung out for a while. And then, you know, we went and got food and then they left. So, yeah, it was like I had this prototype for uh, a long time and then um, finally got it to come into fruition and ran into some ran into some learning curves on how, like, if you don't have a lot of time, radiuses when you don't need radiuses make everything a lot more difficult instead of just angles. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Pat for <laughs> dealing, with, uh, dealing with that and helping me out and then also Wade for helping us finish it up. But um, I was pretty sure we figured out all the pinholes and sealed it all the way up, test it with water, you know, multiple times mm-hmm. over and over again just to find wherever it's leaking. But uh, I was still a little worried in case we missed something. You know, it's going to be full of gas. And I didn't want to catch fire, you know, on the ride because that could ruin the bike, ruin the race. I could hurt myself. Yeah. So I just did like a five-gallon like red gas can for the first two days. And then at Deals Gap at night, I used like Seals All, which is like a gasoline resistant mm-hmm. um, sealant, and then just went over every weld on on the on the tank, and then ran it on day three, leaving Deals Gap. So, yeah, it was a bit of a process, and um, yeah, I didn't. That's why I didn't start it from day one. I wanted to get the chance to actually put some sealant on all the welds on the outside, just in case. Um, I didn't ruin the whole th- event for myself Definitely. too early. Uh, what's, so. What size was the tank? Since uh, <laughs> I know everyone's wondering, like, how much did it hold? I know, and I meant to. Uh, I meant to figure that out before <laughs> you guys called, <laughs> but I uh, 
I went from Atlanta back to Savannah, back to Buford, and then Buford down in Florida. But you kind um, like of like rode a million miles on a moped. You're like it held a lot of gas. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming. I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys know once I actually finally get to fill it up from empty well, from a some, gas. Get some rest. Pump. Yeah. But um, it's 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 got at least to have three, and I'm thinking maybe four, four and a half. But I'll let you know because a million people asked me and I did not have the answer. Mm-hmm. This whole still don't have the answer. <laughs> so I meant to ha- I meant to have that answer before we talked, but it's That's not working. So like starting out, you had, you had you said you had the extra gas can, and we're actually looking at pictures on your Instagram right now. And uh, were you just like, did you run like a nozzle or anything in that, or were you just taking it off and filling your gas tank back up? Oh yeah, just just unstrapping it like the the red gas can, unstrapping it. And then filling the stock tank, um, which sucks because it's got the new, like the new gas nozzle styles, which everyone hates. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to push down like, on it and all that shit. Yeah, which is which isn't that bad on like a one gallon or a two gallon, but on the with the weight of five gallons of gas, mm-hmm. it ruined the like the seal would slip out of place all the time and get destroyed. So it leak gas like all the time if you didn't hold it right or something. So yeah, it's not a good design for like a heavy gas can because it's not a strong, that's a weak point. So the nozzle like moves and wiggles and like unseals and destroys, destroys that rubber seal. Yeah. Pain in the um, yeah. So I think I'm just going to like go online and like, since I still have it, cause you know, those things cost like a million dollars for some reason. So I'm going to go get online and get like a, a old school better, nozzle. Yeah. An old school nozzle. So, um, but yeah, that's what I did with that. And then on, you know, when I replaced it, I took the stock tank out because that uh, stainless tank um, fits right into the frame like perfectly, mm-hmm. and then strapped it down. So there's no hard mounting on it. So um, did you run so, like, yeah, any kind that, of like padding or rubber like underneath it to keep it from? Like- well, no, uh, shout out to uh, Jose um, and the Amigos team because he had exactly what I was planning on doing. He was getting his frame rewelded in Willville motorcycle camp by Angel because she was saving everybody's life with the welder every night. Yeah. Um, but he had a, an inner tube, uh, like a dead inner tube. So I was able to cut some parts off of that and shove it under between the frame and the uh, tank so it, it didn't move as much. There was way less vibration, and at least there was rubber between metal. So shout out to him for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, every time we uh, I filled it up, we didn't actually need to fill it up. But it was just like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do it rather than like finding out the hard way. Um, so that thing was like really good. I thought it would make me competitive, but I also brought like a weird motor in the first two days. I was slow as hell because I used a, a V1 size sprocket, a big rear sprocket um, on my wheel. Mm-hmm. T2 motor. So, okay. but it ate hill. Hill crusher. And yeah, it's it like still like, like a variated version, right? Yeah, it's still variated. Yeah. So yeah, the first two days I was going like mid. I wasn't breaking thirty. Mm. It was mm. it was a range in the twenties, but I wasn't breaking thirty, which was stupid. I, I meant to like check that out before the race started, but I didn't. Damn. And, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a brutal start. <laughs> but uh, day two, going up to Deals Gap. Um, uh, I ran into Maitland because he lost an exhaust stud in the best way where it rattled out. Mm-hmm. 
So me and Angel, we stopped to try and help the cold muffs um, on that day and then continued on. And we're going up like the side of a dam. It was like a 12% grade. It was like really steep and really long. And Maitland was halfway up through it at this little spot that leveled out, you know, on the side. Um, and luckily I had another exhaust stud, so I was able to, you know, pass that karma on from um, Chad having um, some other exhaust studs and get my exhaust studs out. So we fixed that and kept going. But, yeah, the first two days, any of those hills, my speed never changed. Like, I wasn't going fast up hills, but it didn't change from going flat to, you know, up a mountain. It just <laughs> Ate, ate it. It was amazing. That's but crazy. obviously, you know, when you're not going up a hill, it's still slow as hell. So mm-hmm. um, that was the other thing I did at Deals Gap is I swapped to my uh, C2 rear wheel um, with the C2 sprocket, stock sprocket. So that put me back up into like the 45, 47 range on speed. That was really nice. Um, but I had an old tire on it. So then at Willville, I changed the tire and the tube and this is really where I started. That was my long day. So it started off trying to leave with Maitland and Angel. We were trying to like stick as a crew like we did the day before. And it was really nice on both Minarelli bikes and our chase was like the Minarelli goddess. It was just angels. So it was like, Oh, this is perfect. But, um, I quickly realized when my bike was bouncing a lot, the tire didn't seat properly. So we tried to fix that. Gave it a while trying to fix it. Um, didn't fix it. And I was just like, fuck it. Let's, let's go. So tire still isn't seated right, but made the whole way. So, um, yeah, I'll probably need to fix that at some point. You're like, you're like, that's, that's a problem for another day. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, we gotta, we gotta keep moving. And then of course we turned into then a broken exhaust stud that day on like the top of a hill. And then, um, we couldn't get it out on the side of the road. Me and Angel tried, couldn't get drill bits to like bite in good enough. And then that's when we did some really crazy stuff. So I was running the top kit on my C2 motor, which is also case inducted and Angel runs V1Ls all day. Yeah. So she brought another top kit, but she had hers bored out to like 47.5, I think to take a, like some more standard size pistons. Like the, I think like a Gila might work or a Honda piston might work. I think she had a Honda piston, um, specifically for that kit that she ordered out for. But, um, we still got to figure out if there's a different stroke, um, between the two motors. But, um, either way, putting that spare piston in her spare kit, the squish went from like a normal squish to top dead center of that piston was like a fourth of an inch below the top of the cylinder. Mm. So it was huge, like not going to get compression out of it, Yeah, but made that whole long day on it. Eventually we we went full retard, full advanced on the timing in the middle, changed all kinds of jetting just to be like, all right, well it's got a huge chamber now for the combustion. Let's shove it as much gas as we can in there and it still runs. So we can try to like build up some pressure. We did that and messed with the timing and eventually we're like, all right, well it's running not fast, but we, we just got to keep going. So we went and it was back down to like, you know, mid to low thirties for the rest of the day. 
but we made it all the way to Arrowhead uh, bike camp spot. So shout out to them. That was really cool. Uh, cool little spot. Unfortunately, I didn't get to enjoy it as much as everybody else because they all got in way earlier. Um, but yeah, no, I was really impressed with that, that, you know, we made that work where you could like, I don't know, you could, uh, just throw on parts that weren't even made for the bike and kind of like, yeah, and (laughs) shouldn't really work. Um, it it was nuts. I got some pictures I got to post, um, and just showing the difference between the squish on, you know, a, a normal top kit with its, with its own piston and, uh, the piston that we threw in the uh, spare kit it was pretty insane but we made it work which was pretty impressive yeah it's wild Did y'all that's, all, that's all angels angels doing and she saved me i mean she's been doing the pinball for a long time she's done like a bunch of them yeah she's yeah a ton of experience she, of winging shit <laughs> yeah she yeah that's why i was like so i went up with like out of chase um I was like, I just got to do it. Like it's a moped community. People will help out, you know, and, you know, shout out to Maitland's van crew, Jenny Ray and Maitland, whenever Maitland wasn't riding. And then also, uh, Kelly's van crew, which was her and, um, uh, Nina. Mm -hmm. So my stuff for the first couple of days was passed back and forth between the two vans. So I really appreciate them helping me out when I didn't have a chase. And then when Angel joined in, um, as my chase was like, Oh, this is perfect. Like I'm riding <laughs> Minarelli motor and angels, my chase. Yeah. Like she had so much experience and knows Minarelli. Like I, I couldn't have asked for a better, a better chase. Um, so that was, that was really awesome. I still can't get over this, this bike because like, it's so, it's so rare. Like in my mind, it's like a really rare bike that no one rides. And I'm like, it's just crazy that like, you're like, taking this adventure just taking it on like a fucking just fucking beating it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that, was, that was the thing well i wasn't gonna i didn't have the v2 set up ready and i was like i only have one v2 so i don't have any spare parts for that so um that's still another side project but i was like oh i can just slap like the normal c2 subframe on there like it's supposed to have and i have a bunch of those motors like all hoarded away so like i'm gonna do it on this i already did it on the e50 like on pinball 2 it's like when being so, a moped hoarder pays off. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. It's like, well, no one. Now there's only one other person in the country that has a joy. So, um, see, so yeah, I got that new pink one now. So now it's not dual variated. But then I have three, um, three C two uh, joys. So you know, shout out to those because they always hook me up with the, with the with the cool joints. So yeah. I'm like um, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to drop a grip on like something cool for real. Like if I if I come across like if they get the dose. I mean if they get the uh, buy bike. Like I'd buy one of those. If they if they got my my purple and teal Wallaroo. No, I'd be, I already t- I already talked to Chad Burke <laughs> about it this week, and I was like, I'd be first one up, dude. Like yeah, purple and teal Wallaroo stack. I was like, you want a Wallaroo? He was like, if you message this person, it's, they it's might funny have. they got they got they got a few Wallaroo carcasses out back. You know you you've been there, right? I haven't been there. Like I, no. every time I go to Atlanta, we just get, we just get, yeah. Every time I hit Atlanta, we just end up like walling out and like running around. And I never stop by and see the shop. I never go to Fred's. I never see any of that shit because we're too busy partying. Like Me I blow it every time. Fight over a wall, <laughs> Yeah, like if, if you're going to a rally, you know, like 
we got to focus on the rally. Like they don't need like a million people showing up. We used to do that back in the day and it gets kind of hectic and everything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you go there like separately from a rally, just organize with Blake and, you know, they always, they always hook it up and set it up and they always get the coolest weirdest shit. So, you know, you just got to contact them and work well with them. And, you know, it's just go pick community, be kind, you know, and, you know, be patient. But, um, you can know. share one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, the, I don't know if you've seen pictures, but out back, there's just like, you know, hundreds of mopeds just like sitting outside and then all the nice stuff's inside. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah if you're looking for a Walru, I, I definitely like wandered across a, cute, a few carcasses. You'll just have to find all the plastics and stuff. Yes. It's like, come here, internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you're willing to drop some money on a cool, rare moped, those is the place. Definitely. I know that's where I got my um my fox from, actually. Yeah, dude, yeah. that fox is so funny to finally see it again when we ended up in Richmond. I was like, oh, that man. That was crazy to fun. see two foxes in one place. Oh, yeah. That was wild to me. Yeah, there's a few fox carcasses out there, too. So it's like Wallaroo and foxes, which are like essentially the yeah, same you know, right. compete, competing models from two different companies. But, um, that was really cool. yeah, no, that, that, that thing was hilarious. It has history up in Atlanta because I talked to you about it while we were there. But, dude, tell, maybe tell me more. Know. Tell me more. Sidetracking from the, the Bakers, real quick. Tell me more history about this bike because I've talked about this bike on the podcast because that was like my bachelor party like gift from my friends. They surprised me with it. Tyler yeah, next cool. dated to Virginia mm-hmm. and like Black Black, a bunch of other people in the Moped community threw in money and bought it for me. And I didn't, I knew nothing about it. Well, my favorite thing about that thing was, uh, you know, I wasn't working on it. It wasn't my bike or anything. Blake, I think Blake and Nick were like working on foxes and wallaroos at the same time. Um, but my favorite thing about that one was that it would like, sorry, there's a helicopter going over outside. Do a wheelie. <laughs> um, helicopter wheelie. <laughs> but uh, that thing would like, diesel ignite it would hot plug and so like i guess before they figured it out i'm not sure what was done to like fix that i guess mm-hmm. or if it ever was i'm not sure but um i just remember being at the clubhouse and we could not get that thing to turn off because it would just run and we even took the like spark plug boot off and it would arc <laughs> like crazy and then it would just like keep running like it was like a diesel hot plug like it didn't need any electrical input it was just firing and running and running and running and running it was crazy yeah, it was was never wild. Before. um yeah so i mean that's that's my my main memory of that thing and also you got you still got that same pipe on it where it cuts up the uh, the plastic on the pipe side yeah. where it angles you know it's it's pretty nice style so I mean that thing was that thing was fun. I'm assuming you're having you know fun on it, but yeah, the the hot plug-in, um, continuously running aspect of that was just hilarious. Yeah, definitely had those moments where I'm like, oh, like hit the kill switch. Oh, I turn the key off. Oh, it's, it's still running. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was crazy. It was a few years ago now, I was still living up there. Been gone for like six years, I think. Damn. 
escape. Yeah. yeah, it was cool to see that thing again, being like, "Oh wow, okay." I haven't like I haven't seen that bike in person in a while. Yeah, moped memories. Yeah, man, you always remember like you know individual like builds and weird mopeds, and be like, "Oh man, I remember that thing years ago." Oh yeah, dude. So uh, back to the bakers, man. Like, uh, what were some things that happened during the run that? really like tested your uh moped skill um well that really long day with um me and angel swapping ring setups piston setups cylinder setups when we broke that second exhaust dud um that was nuts like as we were doing that in the rain and just like holding a jacket over the bike so like we could take turns like working on it you know working on the side of the road um that was that was a big test, and then eventually just realizing we're like, hey, it runs, we gotta go. It's gonna suck. It's gonna be a long, long day, because now we're only going like thirties, and we still have over a hundred miles to go, mm. but it runs. So you got to pick your battles, um, and it worked out. So that was great. It was like I don't mind sitting on the bike for you know hours. Like that's that's kind of the point. Um, you know, like I knew what the I knew what the battle was with that. So I was like, man, all right, that's fine. As long as we're both not frustrated let's keep going. Like I was pretty much at one point, like the biggest challenge for me was realizing that, Oh, it's been quite some time since I was doing basic stuff like timing and tuning. Cause I've been so far into the, the rare Fantic stuff. Mm-hmm. Barely anybody has and pioneering new parts and like thinking up of, you know, designing new things. Um, for that, um, hoarding parts to get like, so I wasn't focusing on like moped basics for like quite some time now. So that was a challenge coming back to that. Luckily I had angel to like bring me back down to the, to the basics. Yeah. With some knowledge. So that was a little bit of a humbling aspect to it. Um, and realizing, Oh, I've been off on this other side of the field for so long. I got to come back to this. Um, there was a logging road that went under the uh, arch bridge in West Virginia that went over, I guess it's like Canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be like one of the longest like arch bridges in like the Eastern side of the country or Eastern hemisphere. I'm not sure, but it's big. It's windy, but we were avoiding 19. I believe that was the road. Cause it was like, you had to take 19 going for like a long time, but I was trying to avoid it as much as possible because we were going slow because we had to swap pistons and stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I'm not really trying to die. Um, so taking 19, I ended up using uh, a lot of the time. The shoulder was like a huge shoulder, but it's a designated bike path, which is insane to me because people are choosing like a true like highway interstate or whatever. People are going like 70, 80 miles an hour, like 18 wheelers cars everywhere it's like multiple lanes and um i'm trying to go like 30 on a moped mm-hmm. and eventually that turned into doing that at night too so um that was sketchy so we took this like side road and it was i think one of the most fun roads that we took but it was crazy switchback hills like a logging road up this like lush canyon and um that was the only time I had to actually push my bike. So I had to push my bike twice on that. And that's still with me 
having a throttle wide open sitting next to the bike. Like oh the bike could, couldn't even push itself up the hill with nothing on it. That's crazy. What? Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was nuts. But it was the coolest road ever. It was what? really challenging and fun. I was like, I don't really care about all the other rides, like parts of the ride. Like this was like really fun and is a huge challenge. It's like a test. So cool experience yeah, think, for sure. Yeah, Angel thought I went off the side at one point. Um, so we're, she, we're, she we're looking at it now, and I'm terrified. Just yeah, we pulled the we had to pull the bridge up just so we could see the bridge. <laughs> yeah, so cool. The, the best part was later on. Um was like the next day when I was finally able to get like reception because we didn't have reception like 80% of the time. It was crazy. So like our phones didn't work like almost all the time. Oh God. And um, <laughs> with seeing everybody on the group me trying to warn me because some of them, some of the other riders already did that route, like mm-hmm. that logging road to avoid stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just everybody just like warning me, don't go on it. Don't go on it. Like don't go on that logging road. And then, I didn't see that. Oh, <laughs> Lord. So, and then I took it, and then, you know, like a day later, I'm like, oh, man, everyone's trying to warn me. So that was pretty funny. So shout out to the the Clark family. I mean, it's beautiful. They did that with a, a big truck and a trailer. Um, <sighs> so that was, that was, that was like, whoa, that's nuts. Yeah. I wish I could well, see pictures of, like, the logging road. Because, mm-hmm. like, we can see a picture of the bridge, and the bridge looks Oh, it's, it's beautiful and also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go on that bridge actually because it's kind of like a landmark. Um, but you know, in reality, of like you know, expectation of what you want to do, and then the reality of like being on the race is quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if anybody does that, you'll figure that out. Like I learned that kind of in the first one that I did. Um. But yeah, there's it's really cool. It's like under the bridge. It's like really lush in there, so it's all it's still all like trees and stuff, and crazy just vertical climbs, um, and switchbacks, which are really fun. Those are really kind of like technical, if you want to say technical riding, because it's mopeds. Like it's not if you have like the proper gear, you know, that's not a moped. But um, yeah, there's like a cool like graffiti spot down there and everything. Um, you know, it's like a gulch, so it's like just like rocks and shit. Um, so it was like that was one of my favorite one of my favorite roads that I did, even though it was one of the more challenging ones. That's awesome. Ugh. It's like there's so like when you think of moments like that with no phone, no reception, and like you're just like kind of alone doing something super sketchy it's like do you ever get those feelings where you're just like oh oh god oh god oh god we got it we got it we got it 100 <laughs> percent. oh yeah yeah like going down the the bike path on the side of 19 at night when it was foggy and everyone's still flying down at like 80 70 miles an hour um that's sketchy because you know you're a tiny moped and like your lights aren't as bright as like an actual car you know can barely be seen. So like angel riding behind me in her, in her Ford Ranger with her blinkers on and stuff like so much of the time that got real sketchy. Cause I also couldn't see so far ahead. And then you got to climb really big hills. You're also going down really big hills. So I'm like flying down this like shoulder on this practical, like interstate or whatever. 
and just hoping that it's not like a log or like, you know, a road gator, like, you know, a shredded tire that came off like an 18 wheeler or something Mm -hmm. like pop up right in front of me and just like hit that. And then, you know, either over the railing or into the traffic, you know, (laughs) I'm also, I've never heard it referred to as a road gator. I kind of like that too. (laughs) Yeah, that was real sketchy. Um, so it's just like, well, just keep going, just keep going, keep your hands on the brakes and get ready for the worst. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was super sketchy, but angel, angel being my angel the whole time, just, you know, behind me with blinkers and making sure no one killed me. Um, it's just pretty awesome. Shout out. Good old angle. <laughs> Dude. Um, oh, yeah. did you, uh, I, I, that makes me like that once just that one thing you talked about makes you think about like we, a lot of, I know a lot of us here or friends and stuff will get those backup bicycle lights. Cause Mountain biking and bicyclists have like the craziest light technology right now as far as rechargeable, super bright LED lights. Mm -hmm. And like I keep one on my bike for like backup or like, you know, roads really dark. Like I'm surprised more people didn't have extra lighting for their bikes for something like this. Well, that that was, that was something we did. So I forgot to kind of shout out, uh, Pete from Charlotte now lives in Savannah. Um, he uh, helped me with my whole electrical system, which is a whole other nightmare. Stock, those bikes only have 10 watts on them. We're trying to run two headlights, a taillight, and then also trying to figure out a phone charger. Um, but he helped me with the wiring. We realized one of the other motors that I had um, from another Joy actually has a, like multiple coil. You know, I don't know exactly how many watts it is, but it's like between like 60 and 80. So we're actually able to wire it up, run all the lights without blowing them. And have like a phone charger that I never really used, um, except for before the race. I tested them out on some expensive bike lights that I got. So exactly what you're talking about. Really nice LEDs. They're like $40 a piece. Mm -hmm. Rechargeable and they're really bright. So I had those with me and we put those on the back on that long day, um, and had them set on blinkings, but I had the red and the white one. Yeah, on, on the the you know pseudo sissy bar on my seat, mm. and eventually that actually did get us pulled over. <laughs> so we're like a few miles from the Arrowhead bicycle Something camp. Will always get you pulled over. Yeah, like. in West Virginia. <laughs> and I was saying, I was like, man, if I get pulled over and they want to impound my bike, or if they like like on pinball two, where they like not going to let us move under moped power. And I'm like, well, I'd rather DNF than like lose my bike to being impounded. It's not like I have just like a maxi I can easily replace. So, <laughs> but luckily, um, the cop let us go and was just like, so if you're leaving tomorrow to go see something, she gave us actually like some tourist advice or like some thing to go see. She's Sick. like, but tomorrow I would leave in a vehicle. Exactly what's going to happen. Dude, she was like, if someone else pulls you over, they're probably going to impound your bike. Because I'm, you know, sort of technically still from Georgia, so I have my Georgia license. And, you know, we, we only need, like, a working headlight, a working taillight. You don't technically need brake lights. You need to have a DOT-approved helmet, and you have to at least have a learner's permit. Yeah. So she was like, does it have an insurance? I was like, no. I'm like, oh, God, please don't let that be the thing that fucking flips it all on me. Yeah, that would but, suck. Uh, she let us go, so that was... I was lucky and it wasn't like a too bad of a 
confrontation. Um, so that was good. Was that your only uh, yeah. uh, pulled pork experience of the ride? Hmm? Well, so was that your only pulled pork experience of the ride? That was my only one. I saw uh, T3 get pulled over um, pretty early into one of the days. can't remember where it was. Um, I think it was like day two, maybe. Um, but yeah, they weren't, a few people got pulled over or whatever. I know some people went through like a license check point. Um, and stuff. And there's some funny stories from that that I'll let other people tell. But uh, that was my only one. But the, the reason she pulled us over is because she said our my you know flashing white and red lights look like a a service vehicle or a you know response vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, okay, well, um, we can we can turn them off. So yeah. we did that, took them off, and everything. And she was like, I, I appreciate you guys trying to be seen, but like it looks like a response vehicle <laughs> no that's fine if that's what we gotta do all we gotta do is take off the bike lights yes ma'am i will do that right now like you just want, can i just make it not flash please, like, <laughs> yeah please let me go that's yeah. all i want i'm so close so um, yeah only only time i pulled pork but uh, luckily we got out of it yeah dude so you were like the the longest riding person on the the race i'm gonna say bye really quick i'm gonna say peace but congratulations on bigger's dozen and <laughs> it's great meeting you and goodbye everybody see you amanda yeah, good meeting you. happy birthday thank you so much <laughs> all right rest up no more uh, drinking <laughs> well, that, yeah that, that's that's a joke <laughs> yeah there's like half empty beers here i'm like well man i guess she's done <laughs> <laughs> not quite <laughs> later but um what was the question uh, I, was, I was saying like since you were like the longest person as far as being in the saddle with 46 hours, I believe, or what was it? 48? I'm like that. I was like 20 behind the first place, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, it was, it was a pretty big spread by the, by the end, uh, for me. Um, yeah, no, I was like, I wasn't, I was fine with it. Like I thought maybe like having the, uh, auxiliary tank would make me kind of competitive after pinball two with like the Tomas winning mm-hmm. where they never stopped. They refueled from the vehicle. I was like, well, that's a bit sketchy, but I can just make a bigger tank where I don't have to. I was like, I calculated it out. And I was like, I'll only have to stop once on the long days if I'm only getting 30 miles, like 30, 35 miles an hour per gallon. So I'm like, if I'm doing like, you know, a Honda Civic or a Prius, like mileage or whatever, I don't even know if that's accurate anymore. (laughs) Um, Then I'll only have to stop once on like two days. So that was kind of the idea with that. But obviously, uh, some other technical difficulties did not um, make me competitive, but it was still for me. I was just like, yeah, hours in the saddle. That's fine. Like that's, that's what this challenge is. Yeah. Um, so I was cool with it. I mean, my butt hurts. From <laughs> seat. I should have learned my lesson from the pinball two, where I used the same seat. Um, but this time, uh, I was building. I was already building a chopper for like leisure, long distance yeah. rides, not like a race. And I was like, "Well, this is what I'm going with," because that's how I was building the build already. So, yeah. if you um, if you go again, would it, if you go again, would it be more purpose built? Oh, uh, the seat for sure. Yeah, definitely having like a long seat, being able to reposition yourself, move around, um, is a great thing for anybody that's thinking about doing something like this uh 
it's yeah, it's a godsend to have space to move your butt around because it gets numb and it hurts. And um, it's half half the challenge is just being able to sit on the bike so long. Some of those like so, uh, bicyclist compression shorts with the butt pads. Yeah, no, that would have been good, but I, I ended up I did not do that. But um, yeah, so advice for anybody: highway pegs of some sort, which I did, but I also lost uh, one of my stock pegs on the first day. Damn. Um, so I didn't have a second position for my right foot, which kind of sucked. Um, so yeah, highway pegs where you can get like two different, at least two different positions for your feet, a longer seat, and then also just fuel capacity. Those three things alone will, uh, will make quite a difference for your build. Yeah. I feel like being comfortable is probably like one of the top priorities. Something that's not going to break gas comfortability. Oh yeah. It's, it makes a difference too, because you're doing it for days. So yeah, if you can really invest in your comfort, do it. It'll change. It'll change your life. What made you want to do it also solo? Not the most versus like uh, eight teams where you could switch off. There's a duality to that. So, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to have like a team. More Atlanta people were interested when it was originally going from Richmond to Atlanta. So everybody in Atlanta would just be home at the end. Mm-hmm. So couldn't really get anybody invested in doing it this time since it, they flipped it from Atlanta to Richmond, even though we started like 40 miles, 50 miles south of Atlanta. Um, and uh, I was going to have Daryl as my, Daryl Crank as my chase driver because um, he like really knows that area. It would have been really good. And we've been like talking a lot throughout the pandemic. So it would have been like really cool to like hang out. But um, he had a movie gig come up, so he wasn't able to do it. So he had to work, unfortunately. Um. But, uh, yeah, having a team where you can swap out riders, that sounds awesome. Um, if I had that option, that'd be really cool. Maybe the next time I do it. But it's also kind of like I kind of want all the glory. of yeah. like <laughs> you, want, you, want, you want that iron butt glory, you yeah. know, of, like, riding full time. But it did seem pretty nice, like, watching other people get to change riders. It's like, oh, man, that sounds nice. Instead, my butt's sore as hell. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, it depends on how you want to approach it. You know, I would also, what I would love is to have more friends like from the swoops, like riding, not necessarily changing out riders, but just have more of a like posse, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just riding, being like, oh, I'm riding with all my friends on this long distance race. So, like, that's something I've, I've always wanted. But um, also having like a pit crew is really dope. Watching Queen City Barons on the race just pit crew that stuff was like oh man i was like oh i'm so envious because like that's something i would love to do yeah yeah like they broke down and there's three different pairs of hands like working on every different thing yeah on the side of the road that was definitely cool like hearing their their story from that portion of it like them and t3 and the clarks they were all like all right cool like we knew when we needed to stop and get gas someone would get the gas someone would do this someone would do that the rider could go take a pee like we could switch like it's, yeah, dude, pit crew style is dope. Like, I've I've wanted to do that, but it just didn't work out. Um, so that was really cool to watch everybody else do that. Like, I really enjoyed that. And like, uh, Queen City Barons, we've um, been friends for a long time. Some of us, I've we've known each other for longer than I've known some of the others. 
but uh, it was really cool watching them just like go through the struggles of, you know, butting heads and like figuring it out and, um, you know, growing together and them having like a lot of realizations of like what that kind of race is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really fun to watch them. Like I loved watching them um, figure stuff out and work together as a team and run through the struggles and stuff. It was, it was really fun to watch that. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd love to do something like that. But, um, you know, maybe next time. Dude, next time we got to, like, I don't know, talk to someone who works at, like, Fusion Network or something and get, like, the whole thing filmed. Be like, yo, let's get it. Like, the the Hell Statens can get a fucking TV show series. Like, I'm sure we could get, like, a TV show film for, like, this race. It's like, it only only takes 10 days. Cool. We could film everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just film everything and then you just spend all your time editing or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there was supposed to be one on like pinball too. I think I thought there was supposed to be like a Netflix, like group following us or something, but, um, you know, half that stuff falls, falls apart, you know, yeah. every time, but, um, no, that'd be really cool. I was really, I'm really interested in see what uh team Amigos has. Cause they were, uh, oh, yeah, Jose, taking, he, taking like docu- the whole time. Yeah. So I'm really interested in see what they got. His was really his story was really interesting too, just because of the fact that like no one on his team knew anything about mopeds, so they were yeah, that's amazing. Just there, moral support and driving. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he got enough credit too. I think everyone's more focused on me being solo, but it's like, well, like Jose was the only rider on his team as well. Like he also sat in the saddle the whole time. And then also them figuring out how to like be, be a team too. And, you know, everybody else on the team hadn't, hadn't gotten into mopeds yet. Um, so like that was their own set of challenges. I know like they ran into like, they locked themselves out of the car one time when it was raining. So the chase vehicle was locked with everyone outside. Mm -hmm. And Jose was trying to go get his like pipe welded up at like a muffler shop. And, um, from talking to Angel, they, they did some bubble gum welding, I guess. Oh yeah, he's a little sketch. <laughs> so um, yeah, dude, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Jose got enough credit as a solo rider because I mean, eventually I still had to chase, you know, after like two days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, Jose fucking iron butted that thing too. Like he did, he did great. Yeah, he killed it. And like I don't know that whole that that whole thing was just like super interesting. Just cause it was like. His team didn't even know, like, you know, wrenches and, like, a spark plug tool, you know? They couldn't, they couldn't give him anything. I, I want to see, like, one night he described to me, like, the side of the road shenanigans of them trying to, like, fill the gas tank or something. And, like, him being like, no, just, like, you got to, like, put the gas in the tank. Like, them trying to, like, <laughs> struggle to, like, put the, like, gas in the, the gas tank and stuff. And him just describing that. And, like, oh, man, that would be such a great, like, little sketch, like, just like hand little animation yeah. of like the side of the road shenanigans and just make it like really eccentric or something. It'd be like hilarious. It was, it was fun talking to him. I wish I got to hang out with that group more. They went to bed earlier typically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was, Jose was one of the nicest people to like talk to, um, and hang out with for a minute. Um, you know, each night, but, um, it, it was, it was great. It was fun. It was weird. You, there was a lot of a new a lot of new people. So I think there was like not like, I don't know if it was standoffish or but just a lot of people being new to that kind of event. Yeah. And, you know, maybe jokes wouldn't bounce off as well of being like, you know, 
you know, I'm coming for you, you know, where it'd be like, Oh, like that's not as relaxed as I thought that was, um, <laughs> you know, or, you know, th- th- there's a lot of like weird social things. Um, but it was still really cool to like be there and struggle through it with everybody. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a lot of like newer people. The stress was a little higher for them, I think. Versus like everyone's just like thought my 12 hour day was like the most amazing thing. I'm like, man, it's, it's all good. It's not even midnight. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's been, there's been longer. <laughs> yeah. Having, having done one before, it gives you a lot of perspective on the struggles that you can go through when you do it again. Yeah. Any changes you would make for the next time? Um, well, if I was going to be competing against uh, derbies, uh, I would probably not not run a C2. I mean, you know, everyone everyone was dual variated after the cold muffs um, DNF. Um, so, like, you know, everyone having dual variated was definitely a smart start. And even cold muffs have dual variated at the beginning because um, it's all hills. You know, it was just like climbing mountains all day. Every yeah. day. Yeah, single speed was not yeah. a, a move for that race. No. There were some things they could have changed to, like, continue, but I, I don't – I think the – at least the cold must I think those E50s were uh, – their, their their days were numbered mm-hmm. with that. But there could have been some other ways to, like, finish out some of the – that day that they really struggled with and everything. Yeah. Gearing's got to uh, really change and, like, yeah. <laughs> clutches on oh, the deck. Yeah. <laughs> You can you can do it with the E50. You can do like a like man out in San Francisco. I went out there one time for a rally, and Ryan gave me this. I think it was a metric kit, like Kickstart E50, yeah. and it ate those hills out in San Francisco. Now having more perspective on what type of hills we hit, San Francisco San Francisco is nothing compared to what we were doing. Yeah, but um, you can do it on some E50s if you do it right. But um, they obviously planned on doing a, a Hobbit build, so. Yeah, they like had backup bike. So I mean, they they tried. You know, they did pretty well. Um, E50s probably definitely would have been numbered though on days with the amount of insane hills. I mean, mountains really. I mean, we were actually riding through mountains. So you know, something different. Um, I was competing against a bunch of derbies. I'd probably run a derby. Um, but you know, I don't know. It depends. You have to look at what the actual race is. You know, if it's going to be all flats, you're going to build something different than it's all hills. True. You know? If you're going to be doing all flats, you typically might think of like, oh, I'm going to build something fast as hell. But then it's more likely to break down. But then also if you're going some doing like all flats, but there's like no gas stops, mm. that's, that's a whole, that's a whole nother battle. You, you're like, okay, it's not the speed I have to worry about. It's like, how much fuel am I consuming? how often um, do I actually have access to fuel? So, you know, each race has got its own challenges. So it would really depend on what the, what the, what the race is. But, um, I don't know. I might still just go see two cause that's like everything that I have. I don't know. Maybe I'll have, uh, maybe I'll have my like actual dirt sprinter for some race. Maybe I'll have that one finished. Yeah. But it's all about what the race is. You have to look at the race. True. I sell. I say I never would do one because it's like I wouldn't want to ride that long. I'd be like, I'm. I don't know. I'd be too uncomfortable. My fucking wrists fall apart. My shit's broken already. 
But oh, like, yeah, it sucks. Like, you kind of have to be, like, a masochist in a way to, like, yeah. do something like that. It's like, ah, oh, this sucks. I can't feel my hand. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I got lucky this time. The pinball, too. I couldn't use one of my hands for, like, a week and a half. I think I did, like, nerve damage from all the, like, vibration. Yeah. My handlebars. So that's another pro tip. Knock all the vibration out of your bike, especially your handlebars. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that I totally get that because you do have to kind of be, like, a, a bit of uh, self-punishment is definitely involved in going into something like that. Like, you have to, you know, being able to, I've done one before, that gave me a lot of perspective of, what it's going to be like the second time of like, Oh, okay. Going to suck. My butt's going to hurt. Going to be long hours, long hours. Even if everything goes right, depending on the route, you know, you just, you're in it for the long haul. That's like, you got to keep that focus. So I'm just trying to make it to the end of the day. I'm not worried about winning. Yeah. You know, that can really take away from the focus that you need to have. If you're really overly worried about winning, because then you can just blow everything up and ruin everything and get really frustrated. So, you know, for me, once, you know, after like day three, it's like, all right, well, I definitely don't have the fastest bike here. My goal is to finish. Yeah. Finishing. Yeah. I feel like that's the uh, big, that should be like the biggest goal for anyone. Just like finishing that sense of accomplishment that you like, you know, you took on this challenge yeah, and went, came out. You, you know, went through the gauntlet and you made it through the gauntlet. That's, that's a win. Yeah. Like for me, I kind of like another perspective outlook was on that really long day. And, you know, everyone's like blown away by it. And I'm not trying to like, like toot my own horn or like be too pompous about it. But it was like, Oh no. Like I really was like, it's, it's not even midnight. I'm happy. Yeah. I got here. It's fine. It just took longer. That's no big deal. Like I've I've had way worse on the last one. Yeah. So this is totally okay. And for me, like that really long day, that was a victory for me. It's like I already won in a way. Mm-hmm. I had the longest. I don't know if I actually had the longest day, but it seemed to be the most challenging and really long. And everybody else's like perspective that was on the race. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, I already, I already won. Everyone's gonna remember that. Yeah. So I already got my own victory. It's cool. We just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. That's awesome. It's yeah. It really is a lot about perspective from my experience. I've only done two. There's been people who have done way more than that, but that's, I don't know. That's how I keep saying, I guess, while I'm doing this, this type of event. As far I know some people's like, uh, some people in our moping community, like they're, they're, their challenge or they're like, Oh, I did it. I came out on top. It's just going to a rally and making it through the long ride. Like, Oh yeah, I made it through the long ride and didn't end up on chase. And like, this is like that times a thousand. So yeah, it really really is like, Oh man, once you do, once you do an event like this, it's like, Oh man, rally's nothing. Yeah. Also, if you blow up on a rally, you're like, who who cares? I get to hang out in the chase and like maybe (laughs) hang out with my friends that also broke down like eh, it's 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 all good but on like a race like that it's like well i just don't want to fail out and i want to make it to the end of the day so it's it's kind of it's quite different but um yeah so like if you do an event like that your perspective on like making a rally completely changes not that rallies aren't fun after you do an event 
but it's, you know, you gain perspective really is like the perspective you get out of challenges. Uh, that's a big one. As far as the Mopet community as a whole, is there, what else would you like to see happen? Cause I know we, we have like the track racing, we've had the Baker's dozen or, or the pinball, the long distance stuff going on for a couple of years now. And like, there's still rallies and this and that. Is there anything else you would like to see different or come from us all progressing? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a million things for sure. Like everyone continually to continuing to like pioneer new parts and, you know, making our own technology, if you want to call it that to accomplish different things is always really cool. And that's what I've been focused on, um, for a couple of years now. But, um, me and Angel were talking. It was like, all right, well, we have all these long distance runs. We have the GPs, which would be really cool to get one in the like southeast. Um, so that would be really cool to get a GP in the southeast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. Biggest thing for mopeds, everybody is travel. Just being able to get to an event yeah. is the big challenge. Um, but uh, me and Angel were talking about, um, you know, in the future, is mountain runs. You know, where we just did. Feels gap like tail of the dragon there's a bunch of like natchez trace is really fun it's obviously not very challenging with hills because it's all set up like pretty well mm-hmm. but like natchez trace the blue ridge parkway doing the tail of the dragon um i can't remember the pronunciation of another thing that's around uh teleco plains you know doing doing those kind of like mountain pass runs yeah. as like a circuit that would be really cool yeah that'd be tight so like you know mountain racing versus you know scooter track yeah and or be uh, like, sorry go-kart track and you know it's like cool this is a hill climb kind of style thing like yo we're gonna do this it's like uh tour de france like king of the mountain day yeah yeah exactly yeah i mean hill climbs would be cool they definitely got a lot of that going on with like Vespa mopeds and stuff in Europe, a bunch of hill climb builds, which are beautiful to, to watch. But, um, yeah, doing, doing some like mountain circuits would be really cool. That's what me and Angel were talked a lot about on our way back. Yeah. Um, that'd be, that'd cool. be really, because cool. we're always be trying to look for like the next, we're trying to look for the next horizon, you know? I, I know we if you haven't listened to the episode we actually have one with the uh the Tyrone dude from Florida and like all the guys I in Southern Florida doing one. those yeah that that whole drag racing scene is like insane I think that's really cool and I think that could become like a next like big like moped thing oh yeah I mean like uh, from uh, I listened to that episode actually while I was like working on my build because um, like oh I saw that one I specifically wanted to to listen to that one. Um, so like, I mean, that's, it's those aspects of us just pushing the next, you know, the next Avenue. Um, cause we're always like, not necessarily getting bored, you know, but we're always trying to find something new, which is really cool about the community. And like, you know, for people that have been in it longer than me, you know, people have been back in like the, the original Kalamazoo days. to so like people that are just starting is everyone's always trying to find something new, which is really cool. So, you know, it's going to happen. It'll happen naturally. Like that's part of the community that, that fuels that is everyone's trying to find something new and challenging. Everyone wants a challenge. So, you know, it's going to happen in one way or the other. It's just a matter of like 
a matter of time. Yeah. I really want to like that whole like European like Mofa cross like dirt bike enduro like single track like stuff. I think that's super interesting too and I'm been trying to figure out a way to get that like to be a thing. You know, like, cool, this event is, like, I know, like, there was that club up north that was uh, Dirty 30, and they'd have, like, a like a wood rally. Like, cool, this yeah. rally's us riding trails. I'm, like, I think something like that, like a, like, a weekend event, like, cool, like, one day there's, like, a trail race, and one day's, like, like this motocross, like, minor, you know, like a, like a smaller motocross track. You know, little tiny flat jumps, and, like, something like that would be fun. No, that would be that would be really rad. It was like I think of automatically started thinking about multiple things. So like, I've always wanted to go back out to San Francisco and do a long ride where they go and like camp in the redwoods. Mm-hmm. Like so, a leisurely long distance camping rally. Yeah, would be cool. It's not so much of like oh a race and we got to go a thousand miles. It's like okay, we're going like a couple hundred miles or whatever, but it's like chill. Yeah. That I've always wanted to go back out there. Ryan's always said, "Man, come out here, we'll make it happen." just for fun for the weekend or whatever. So I want to make it out there at some point, do that. But then, um, yeah, they got those things in Europe. So they got the, the big hill climb events all the time. And then, um, there's the ones that they do the Red Bull, like Alps run. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do that when I was in Europe a couple of years ago, I tried to join in on that because I realized I was going to be there during the time, but I didn't really communication didn't really like work out mm-hmm. and I need like, like I didn't have anything. I just wanted to show up and be like, Hey, can you guys give me something? I'll do it. <laughs> um, unfortunately that didn't happen, yeah. but they got that. And then also the Italians do these, um, crazy like mountain rally things too, which is like, they're going like, you know, posting pictures like up on the mountains. Um, and it's just a shit ton of people. So I'm, that's like on my radar. I think they do it twice a year and once is um, in the summer. One of them is in the summer. Mm-hmm. So like that's kind of my radar in the future. Um, so I want to build like a, a fanfic build and bring it out there and then be like, Hey, I'm this like dude from America that has mm-hmm. this rare fanfic stuff. And I shipped it over here. And I'm going to like ride through the mountains with you guys. Yeah. Um, so that's out there. I definitely, I definitely want to do that at some point. Um, so yeah, there's, there's all kinds of events. I wanted to, when I was in Europe, I also wanted to go down to Morocco and find all the MBK, like sand dune riders oh, and go out there. They do that, that rally. I don't know if it's still going on, but I remember years ago seeing that they were like, Hey, everyone in the United States, we're doing a rally in, uh, like Marrakesh or something like that. I don't know. And like, I didn't get to do that either. I just spent all my time in Lagos, uh, Lagos, Portugal, just yeah. like enjoying, not doing anything. With sand tires and just slinging fucking silk. Yeah, no, I mean, like they're like doing that out with just like regular, uh, regular moped tires and just a bunch of like you know Moroccan motorbikes and just riding around. You know, yeah. like I, I would love to go out there at some point. That's I've always wanted. To, you know. I remember someone like mentioning one time about trying to do like a salt flat rally. Oh, that was another one of my goals. Ah uh, man, when I was living in Atlanta, there's I knew I knew some people that were like connected with some things, and um, it never never worked out. But um, it was supposed to be a I was like, well, I want to go get like an E50 like salt flat record out 
you know, out in Bonneville. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a thing, but it, you know, like most things doesn't, doesn't work out when it's actually like a production or whatever. But, uh, I was really interested in that. And it's going to be like documented and everything. I was supposed to work with some rando like motorcycle guru that I didn't know when I was like, Oh, that's fine. Whatever. Like if it makes it happen. Cool. Yeah. Like I just knew someone from cabbage town that was connected with some people I wanted talking and he wanted to make it a thing, but never worked out. But yeah, it's all flats, man. Uh, I would love, I would love to build a lay down frame. Like everyone build lay down frames and let's just all go out there and do run. But I guess the salt flats are getting harder and harder for the conditions to actually be good. Yeah. Salt's not packing the right way. The weather is not working. You know, climate change is changing Bonneville. Yeah. Unfortunately. I saw that one dude that, uh, the two stroke stuffing guy like flew out for it. I guess last year or the year before or something like that. And he like got out and it was like raining and shit and the bike wasn't working right. And like, I was like, damn. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing with mopeds too. Like, I mean, anything mechanical, but especially mopeds, like I always think like mopeds, man, they got like crazy tolerances where you can just run them in a way that they shouldn't. And you can just beat the dog shit out of them and they'll somehow get there. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, the humidity is wrong. And uh, these things aren't well designed in multiple ways to handle such a change like that. You could go out there and all you got to do is like, oh, it's raining. And the bike just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, with all the other technology, if you want to jump into all that other stuff, you just get like technology that does that, like motorcycles. (laughs) You know, which is still cool. But, um, yeah, you know, mopeds, they can be real finicky and you can also just somehow make them work when they shouldn't. So true that. Well, I want to like, thank you for coming on and hanging out like, uh, yeah, 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 of course. Um, I'm excited to listen to the, uh, the other crews, um, talk about the race. Hope I wasn't too rambly. No, no, you're good, dude. We're just chatting. It's whatever. You know, no, no pressure on the Open Monday podcast. We just want to talk about the things. I wish like I had more time. I could get like into how you got into mopeds and your whole like history, because like that's you know another interesting part about all of us. We're all just people that we you know see around from time yeah, to time. And, like, everyone's got their own story that kind of is similar, and like you can always relate to like how someone else got into it. But maybe we'll yeah. do a, do another one sometime, and we'll we'll get into all that. Yeah, just let me know, man. Hell yeah. Uh, any shout-outs? You want to say anything to your friends? I know always big thanks to Angel for all our help. Oh, yeah. A- Angel, Angel got me through it. Um, uh, everybody else on the on the, the ride, too. Like, everyone keeps everyone going. Um, it was really nice to hang out with everybody. You know, during COVID, it's been – it was really nice to actually, like, hang out with people. Um and it was really cool to watch everyone go through like new struggles, go through old struggles, you know, figure it out. That was really cool. Thanks for Maitland and Jenny Ray and like organizing, um, you know, the whole event. Uh, shout out to Pete for helping me with my wiring because I hate electric. Um, Pat and Wade for helping me with my tank. Um, Chad for getting my exhaust suds out twice during the race because normally that is something that'll just put you dead in water. Um, yeah. And everyone for hauling my stuff around for a couple of days. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, and thanks for uh, thanks for hosting us, you guys, at the end. Oh yeah, are we all day? Oh man, I got to sleep inside for two nights in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really. I had them so. good, had them good steaks on the grill. She was tight. Yeah, yeah, man. Next time we hang out, steaks again. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, dude. I will see you around, and uh, I'll have it posted. It'll be up tomorrow. All right, cool. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. Yeah, later, bro. See you, man. Dude, I hope you guys uh, enjoy that. Dude, fucking Jordan from the Swoops. Fuck the Swoops. Um, cool club. Cool people. And it's just always interesting hearing how people get into these events and how they go about it. Because his time in this was different than some of the other teams. And, you know, I don't know. I'd like to think that I would want to do one of these, but I feel like if I did, I would definitely have to have like a full team already flushed out. Like to go into something like this by yourself and like be like, okay, cool. I know people will be there and like, you know, the community will kind of take care of it as far as cheese and stuff. Like that's, that's a hard thing to do to go in kind of blind, but yeah. Um, if you guys want to support the podcast, you can go to mopinmonday.com and pick up a shirt or a hoodie or something. And you know, Post the podcast, share it, like it, subscribe, uh, review, send a comment, anything like that, you know, helps us out. And, you know, we'll be back next week. Hopefully another Baker's Dozen. I'm going to try to maybe, maybe it'll go on for a little longer, you know, try to wrap it up, get, get all the, get all the writers and talk about it and, you know, get their different experiences. And, you know, if you have someone to suggest being on the show or a topic we should get into, you can email us at mopinmoneypodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, we can go from there, dude. Thanks for listening. Fuck your car. Ride a moped. So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. Ride a moped. I don't know. Like, touch a flower. Is it moving? Like, no, nah, it feels pretty locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. Oh, boy. Wop, wop, wop.